I ended up watching a video, which was a lecture that an animal rights professor was giving. And, and the crux of what he was saying was, if we're causing suffering to another being, and it's not necessary, then it's simply wrong. And then that question of necessity sort of sat in my mind. And I said, do we need to wear animal products? No. Do we need to use animals for entertainment? No. And then do we need to consume animal products to be healthy? And that question kind of sat with me. And I thought back to my things I had learned at Cornell as an undergraduate. And, and I, I didn't remember hearing that we needed to consume animals. And I did some other research and I read a bit, and this was all really in the course of one day of watching Earthlings and then yeah. watching this, this lecture. And I, it didn't take me long to realize we don't need to eat animals to be healthy. We can get all of the protein we need, all the calcium we need, all of the iron that we need from plant-based foods. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. On this week's episode, I sit down with the amazing Diana Goldman. Diana is the founder and creator behind the plant-based cooking brand here in Boston called Beantown Kitchen. Uh, she does catering, she does private cooking demos and demos for organizations. Uh, she makes some awesome YouTube videos uh, and her website's great for uh, simple plant-based recipes. Um, and she just does a great job of showing how simple and also affordable plant-based living can be. So definitely check out Beantown Kitchen. Um, so in our conversation, we talk about why Diana went vegan overnight after watching a documentary that was recommended to her and then spending, you know, a full day just researching and diving in and, and um, realizing why uh, what she now feels is so important to, to eat and live this way. Um, how she handled being the main cook for her, for her omnivorous children um, and her husband, um, which was an interesting situation. I think it's really important to discuss. Uh, you know, usually it's like the kids coming home from college and they, you know, are like, Mom, I'm vegan, you know, cook for me a different way. Uh, but in this case, it was Mom goes vegan and now she's in a situation where obviously her kids, you know, still want to eat, you know, meat and dairy and how they normally eat and what they're used to. Um, and kind of, you know, she became, you know, an ethical vegan pretty quickly and obviously, you know, is against, uh, having meat and dairy in the house. So just how she handled that situation with her, with her kids and husband, um, because it, it, it's certainly something that I can relate to in my family. And, uh, I know it happens all the time. It's very rare. An entire family goes vegan. So there's always kind of that interfamily, um, you know, uh, not friction, but just, uh, getting used to everybody's preferences and, and how to handle that. So, uh, that was really interesting. Um, how she handles, uh, dinner parties and other s social situations. Um, so especially being, 
uh, kind of at her stage in her life, uh, you know, kids have moved out, uh, her and her husband, you know, it, it's very common to go out to dinner parties and other social, uh, settings and just how she handles that, you know, uh, being vegan and, um, yeah, how she goes about it without, you know, imposing or being rude or any of that stuff. Uh, so Diana, again, like so many of my guests, she just looks amazing. Uh, her energy or passion for what she's doing just is very evident. And, uh, she's an amazing chef. So she fired up some, uh, veggie burgers with some pineapple chutney. She had a couple like cheese dips. I'm not sure what was in them, um, that we enjoyed. And then this, this graham cracker caramel nut dessert thing that was just insanely good. Um, so awesome conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, so without further ado, the amazing Diana Goldman. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Diana Goldman of uh, Beantown Cooking, Beantown Kitchen, correct? Correct. Um, and we're actually in the Beantown Kitchen, which is cool. Here we are. So I've seen like a ton of videos, and uh, the the videos you do are amazing. And uh, thank you. Awesome, awesome recipes. I've tried a couple. Um, Great. So awesome recipes, and I, I watched your most recent one on uh, the uh, kind of snacks. Snacks to go. I think oh, that was right. your most recent. But uh-huh. uh, anyway, so thanks for thanks for having me. First of all, totally my pleasure. Uh, thanks for coming. Yeah, very excited to to chat with you and uh, get your story. And um, yeah, thanks. We're in for people listening and, and watching. We're in uh, Newton, Mass. Um, gorgeous spot here in Newton, Mass. Um, I need to get out here more. Yeah. 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 It's pretty. an awesome nice area. Nice and green. Awesome area. So we first connected through. The vegan mindset group that we're both now a part of, and uh, Brett Mirilani, he kept saying, "You got to get Diana on. You got to get Diana on." And I was like, "All right, you know, we'll make it happen." So thanks for doing this, and we got a nice little uh, 5K race tomorrow with oh, the group yeah. too. So that'll be fun. Should be great race um, for Farm Sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's. Uh, we talked a bit before this, but let's uh, kind of take it back to. I'd love to get kind of the full story, childhood, school, uh, all the way up to kind of how we got to where we are. Okay. So starting with my childhood, where I grew up, etc. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be so great. I grew up in Woodbridge, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and I went to high school in New Haven, Connecticut, and I went to college at Cornell. I mm-hmm. actually studied nutrition as an undergraduate. Yeah. And my professor was T. Colin Campbell. You're kidding of me. The China study. You're kidding me. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, because uh, I saw you went to Cornell, mm-hmm. and I know that's like, you know, Campbell's uh, kind of school there. Yeah. And uh, what was, not to interrupt you, but what was nutritional study back then like? Like, right. was, was plant-based even, maybe it was with Colin Campbell, but right. was plant-based even, like, a, a, on the radar of people? I think at the time he was doing his research about proteins and plant-based nutrition. I'm not sure he was vegan at the time. Yeah. It was very much about 
how you get your calcium, how you get your iron, how you get your protein. And if there was any talk about vegetarianism, it was about mixing proteins to make sure that you got all of your essential amino acids. Sure, sure. So that's pretty much the only talk I remember about vegetarian, let alone vegan, which I'm not even sure I knew the word at the time. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Cornell then... Cornell, and then after Cornell, I was actually, I, I'm a British citizen, so after oh, okay. Cornell, I, I had met my husband Dan at Cornell, and together we went to London after we graduated. Mm -hmm. And I worked in a computer company, so I was teaching people how to use software, and my husband was getting his graduate degree. And then we loved London, we were there for about two years, and then we wanted to move to a city that had kind of a London feel, and we thought Boston was the place. So we yeah. just picked Boston and we came, came here to settle. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then we were in Boston for uh, about maybe five or six years. Yeah, right, in, right in the city? Right, we were yeah. in Somerville. In Somerville, nice. And Dan was working uh, in the consulting industry, in the energy industry, which mm -hmm. he's still in. And I used my computing kind of background and started working for Lotus. Mm -hmm. So I was working on the Lotus 123 products. Very cool, yeah. And then sort of missed the teaching I had been doing in London, so I went back and got my master's degree in teaching. Mm -hmm. And then shortly thereafter, Dan with his company got moved to Asia. So we went to Singapore for four years where I was teaching science and then Hong Kong for two years. Yeah. So I got to, I got to chime in on Singapore because oh, yeah. uh, I still try, I travel over there for work occasionally. Oh, do you? And, uh, if you, you probably haven't listened to, I've had like four, four or five guests in the podcast, uh, from over in Singapore. Uh, they have a great little vegan, uh, scene over there. Do that. Uh, Tell yeah. me about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh. There's, there's a bunch of, you know, vegan <coughs> restaurants and, uh, even like a vegan burger chain that's kind of, uh, seeing some, some good wow. growth over there. And, wow. uh, yeah. in in the, the interesting thing about Singapore is because of kind of the difference in the governments and how, you know, here you have kind of big meat, big dairy, very much mm -hmm. in phar pharmacy, very much in, entrenched in the government. And over there it's, it's none of that really exists so if they want to for the health of their citizens stop importing meat that's the other thing everything's imported right uh, because it's such a small island country and they don't have the land to you know right grow uh you know yeah, have meat agriculture yeah right. um so they can if they really wanted they could just say let's stop importing it you know it's hurting the the health of our citizens so it, it's it's oh, a different right. di dynamic where they can really make a change fast with, with the vegan movement versus the U S is like, yeah, you know, where, how many years is it going to take for like, you know, the USDA to say it's, it's really bad Hopefully <laughs> not many. <laughs> um, because of the economics and the politics behind it. It's, it's a, it's a different beast. Yeah. So it's some, somewhat of a grassroots movement there, but also potentially with some government support. Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely like the government is trying to, so they have the, the second highest rate of, um, of diabetes in the world per like, uh, you know, the, the percentage of, oh, of citizens to the U S of course. Right. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a problem they're trying to, you know, solve, um, and, and educate people on. So, there's definitely more openness to it versus you see here in the U.S. from a government standpoint, I think. Oh, but anyway, not yeah. to interrupt you. Yeah, okay. I, I, I love Singapore, so I right. had to Yeah, I we loved to it too. Yeah. So two of my daughters were born when we were in Singapore. Okay. 
And then we moved to Hong Kong for two years, uh-huh. where my third daughter was born. Yeah. And then we moved back to Boston after that. Uh-huh. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice. So when does, when does the whole plant-based thing creep in here? So you're living, right. so did you move to Newton at that time or? So we moved to Brookline for yep. a, a short while and then we moved to Newton and we've been here probably 18 years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So when does the whole plant-based uh, thing creep in? Yeah. So fairly recently, it was actually December of 2013. And prior to then, I was, I guess you'd say I was kind of like an Atkins kind of eater, which was high protein, low carb. And I fed my family that way. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I love, I've always loved elephants Mm -hmm. and I read about elephant poaching and it really upset me. And a friend of mine posted on Facebook about elephant poaching. I said, let's get together and talk about this. And she brought along another friend who also cares a lot about animals I remember sitting there, we were having coffee, and they showed me lots of different videos of um, all, all kinds of ways that animals are exploited. And I kind of covered my eyes and I covered my ears and I said, I just didn't want to know. Mm. And they said something, because it was too painful to watch these yeah. things. And they said something like, you know, that's the problem. People just don't want to know. Yeah. And I said, okay, listen, I took out my phone and I started like writing down notes. Tell me what to watch. I'm not going to do it now, but I promise you I will watch these things. So I went home and over like the course of a couple of days, I did watch quite a few videos and documentaries. And then I ended up watching Earthlings. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was really difficult to watch. It's about all of the different ways that we exploit animals for food and entertainment and for clothing, yeah. etc. But I did watch it. It really was like in a few minute increments was all I could take. And then I'd come back and watch more. And when I was done watching, I'm not sure I, I was really, really moved and upset by it. I'm not sure what I Googled, but I ended up watching a video, which was a lecture that an animal rights professor was giving. And, and the crux of what he was saying was, if we're causing suffering to another being, and it's not necessary, then it's simply wrong. Mm. And then that question of necessity sort of sat in my mind. And I said, do we need to wear animal products? No. Do we need to use animals for entertainment? No. And then do we need to consume animal products to be healthy? And that question kind of sat with me, and I thought back to my things I had learned at Cornell as an undergraduate, sure, yeah. and, and I, I didn't remember hearing that we needed to consume animals, and I did some other research, and I read a bit, and this was all really in the course of one day of watching Earthlings and then yeah. watching this, this lecture, and I, it didn't take me long to realize we don't need to eat animals to be healthy. We can get all of the protein we need, all the calcium we need, all of the iron that we need from plant-based foods. Mm. So I told my husband this, and he saw how upset I was. And he said to me, so are you going to be a vegan now? And I said, a vegan? No, that's pretty extreme. <laughs> I'm not going to be a vegan. Yeah. And we did go out to dinner that night with friends to a restaurant in Cambridge called Oleana, a really great restaurant, and the waitress brought the menu, and I looked through it, and I didn't see anything that didn't have some kind of animal product in it. And I asked the waitress, do you have anything without any fish or dairy or eggs or yeah. meat? 
And she said, you mean something vegan? <laughs> I was like, yes, I do mean something vegan. And she said, um, the chef loves to make vegan food. It's not on the menu, but can she just bring you something? Yeah. I said, great. And she brought out this food and she told me what each individual dish was on the plate, a wonderful assortment of food. And it was the best meal I have ever had. Yeah. And I said to my husband, I guess I'm vegan now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, yeah. to piggyback on that experience, right? I have everybody, you know, when they ask about, you know, being vegan or eating plant-based, that it would just be, it's so hard in social situations. And I've never in my kind of three year experience been somewhere where, yeah, you have to ask, but right. I've never been somewhere where they don't accommodate you. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, I, a couple times, you know, if I'm not so sure, I might call the restaurant ahead of time. Mm. If it looks like there just might not be anything whatsoever. And as you say, they always say they'll accommodate, but you know, worse comes to worse. Maybe you eat a little bit first, Yeah. but yeah. I agree The I've had phenomenal experiences where the chef will just sort of say, can I just make you something? Yeah. And I'm just blown away by what I'm served. Yeah. And, um, Maybe you don't have the same kind. No, it's true. You don't have the same kind of choice. Sometimes you have one or two things on the menu mm. versus an entire menu to choose from. But what does it matter? It's yeah, yeah. yeah Never so, leave a restaurant hungry. No. Yeah, totally. So, as someone in, as I mentioned earlier, like I'm, I'm, I'm big on like normalizing the notion of right. of being vegan or eating plant based. Right. So being someone, you know, now living in suburban America with, with kids and, uh, you know, normal, you know, you're not living in a VW van in Southern California, yeah. right? Like you're very, this is a very kind of, you know, suburban, what most people would consider normal life. Right. right. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I work with, um, you know, since over, over the past few years, I've started working with just local people. Um, and a lot of them have been middle-aged mothers and, and women mm -hmm. that, uh, are interested in adopting plant-based diets. And one of the biggest kind of fears or, or questions I get is how to handle those situations, how to handle going out, how to handle dinner parties with friends, um, and them not wanting to be uh, a pain in the butt or, you know, uh, not eat the food that's served to them and that sort of thing. So how do you handle those situations being, I mean, being in, in that situation, I would, I would imagine you know, fairly, fairly frequently. Yeah, it's true. I am in that situation fairly frequently. And what I find is if we're invited to someone's house for dinner, it's a wonderful gesture. Sometimes they don't know that we're vegan. And imagine if they make an entire meal and you arrive and you can't eat it. So it completely makes sense to mm. say, look, we have these, we, we are vegan and this is what we do and we don't eat, but don't go to any trouble. Yeah. I'll bring something. Mm. And let me know, and I'll bring a dish or two along. Uh, sometimes they'll say no, they insist, and they think it's a fun challenge, and they want to try it, or they have some vegan dishes they make already. Yeah. But I bring food along, and so I know I can at least eat what I've prepared, mm -hmm. and it's no problem at all. And it's nice to bring something, and it's sort of nice that we you sort of cook together. Yeah. And then if we're invited to something like a wedding. Um, again, I hate the idea that they've gone to the trouble to pay for a meal that we're not going to eat. And I also don't like the waste. So I'll let the host know. 
and I'll say, I don't want to cause any trouble. If you'd like me to contact the caterer, I'm happy to sort of speak behind the scenes and just talk to them to let me let them know. But oftentimes caterers are extremely used to accommodating different dietary requirements. So that's not an issue either. So um, it's been a wonderful thing. And I can't tell you how touched I am by the things people have done to accommodate us, whether it's family members or friends. They've, They've just been so wonderful and including us and never making us feel like we're (laughs) the unwanted scary vegans yeah yeah i'm always imagining by the behind the scenes they're going oh my god the vegans are coming yeah Yeah, totally like and and i can speak to that too once your friends and family kind of know your you know stance and your dietary preferences um it's really cool like in, in you know you can say till you're blue in the face do not make me anything. Right. Do not go out of your way. Like, I'm fine. I'll eat before. I'll do my own thing. Right. Don't worry about it, right? Mm-hmm. But as your friends and family start to, like, you know, know that that's, that's how, you, how you live, uh, whether it's, you know, them picking out a place that they know has some options for you or even them kind of going out of their way to, like, yeah, I can eat at a vegan place. You know, let's, I'll schedule it there because, you know, Pat eats this way. Or you know, them going out of their way to, to make something. Um, it's, it's amazing how, uh, awesome, you know, people are when you, when, when they get to know your preferences, right? I totally agree with that. It's really touching and very, very kind and caring of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another thing I always like to say is that, you know, remember why you're going to the dinner. Remember why you're going yes. to the it's holiday. It's not about the it's food. It's got nothing to do with the food. That's right. It's got nothing to do with it's the food. Right. So I always try to drive that home when people are like, what am I going to eat? And it's just like, if, if that's why you're going to hang out with friends and family, then you need to do some restructuring. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Of your priorities. Right. Uh, if really you're going for the buffalo chicken dip, then, then <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. Um, Cool. So, um, uh, so we were talking a little bit about this before. Um, it's, it's usually like the kid comes home, you know, from college having like, you know, been hanging with their hippie friends or something. (laughs) They come home and they're like, they're like, mom, I don't eat meat or meat and dairy anymore. Like, and, and like mom has to adjust or like, you know, uh, uh, make a change in, in, in how they cook for them or whatever. Right. Um, but in your instance, right, you, uh, three years ago now or so, uh, adopted this, this way of living and your kids at the time in between 18 and 22 ish at the time or so. A little bit younger than that, but yeah. yeah, certainly grown teenagers. Yeah. So there's this whole, like, obviously you have this new, found way of 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 living Mm. and uh obviously there's some ethics involved there now um with you know your realization of the of the animals and um how did you how'd you go about that with with the kids obviously they didn't are like yeah i'll go vegan too like that doesn't happen no that doesn't happen yeah, yeah so can we Sure. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the college kids because I teach cooking classes and a lot of the participants that come on my classes are there because their teenagers or even younger and sometimes college students have become vegan. Mm. And they come to me because they say, 
what can I do about feeding my children? I don't know how to cook for them anymore. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, so you're right. It is unusual that it's flipped the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, so mom suddenly goes vegan literally overnight. And again, yes. yeah. Yeah, so was it, yeah, we, we, we didn't really finish that story there. So oh, yeah. see the animal videos, um, and that was it for you? I that mean, that's all it. you really needed yeah. to know? Yeah, saw and... the animal videos, realized it wasn't necessary yeah. to cause this suffering yeah. to the animals, and, and as it happens, also to the planet and also to human health. Yeah. But at the time, it was about the animals. And if it wasn't necessary, then yeah. um, I wasn't going to do it. And then, as it turns out, the food is satisfying, the food is delicious, and it is nutritionally adequate. It is yeah. health promoting, etc. So mm. those are all like major bonuses. Yeah. But yeah, so I was I was an omnivore one day, and I was a vegan the yeah. next. <laughs> so, so. Um, so overnight, how hard and how much of adjustment was it? Oh um, right, yeah. You know, yeah. because obviously that's. You know, people call it extreme. People call it like over the top. You oh, know, yeah. people say it'd be way too hard for them to do. So I'm yeah. curious to like get your opinion on like how how, how hard, hard was it for you to do? How hard? Yeah. Um, so I love to cook, and I found the cooking piece to be an adventure. So I made kind of a goal for myself to try a new recipe every day for a year. And I did that because I wanted to like quick, fast, like figure yeah, this cool. all out. Yeah. Okay. So the cooking piece wasn't hard. It was a really fun adventure. I think um, the biggest challenge for me, I guess people say it's hard to live without cheese. And there's a lot of kind of research and data out there. And a lot's been written about cheese addiction. Yeah. Have, Have you, you read The Cheese Trap? I, uh, I Dr. haven't. Bernard. Dr. Barnard. Yeah. I haven't read that yet. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Oh, yeah. interesting. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, so maybe you've <laughs> talked about it on your podcast about... A little you know, bit, yeah, of how cheese is definitely, it is addictive. And that is certainly um, at least what I get with, with friends and, and people yeah. I work with that they can't give up cheese. You know, that's yeah. that's the one thing. I could never give up cheese. You know, the, you hear that all the time. All the time. That's yeah. what you hear. And it can like breaking addictions can take sort of like two to three weeks. So I, for the first few weeks, it was kind of like the food's great. I'm going to have to figure out how to live without cheese. And I remember I tried a recipe where I made some cashew cheese, like early in those first couple of weeks and I tasted it and I turned to my husband and I said, this is going to be a breeze. Yeah. It's like awesome. the food's great and I can live without cheese. Yeah. Like amazing. So, um, the other thing that was hard in the beginning was feeling as if I had to answer people's questions and being on the defensive and not having the answers. Mm. So I guess that's just my personality. Uh, I don't hear a lot of people talking about that, but, um, and people did ask me a lot of questions and I think it's okay. I coach people. It's okay not to have all of the answers, but I did feel a bit in the beginning, like, Ooh, I got to figure again, this one out. Yeah. And I read some great books. There's one called eat like you care, which has a bunch of questions and then answers. And there's another one by Sherry Kolb, which is mind if I eat the cheeseburger mm -hmm. again, it sort of has common questions that people ask and then answers. And I think that was helpful in my mind. And, yeah. um, for talking to other people. Yeah. So, uh, so dietary, it wasn't too bad. It was kind of like a cool fun, like you have all these new ingredients and ways of cooking. 
Yeah. So it's kind of a cool experience. Yeah. I mean, in retrospect, I think I always, as much as I was kind of, as I said, cooking high protein, low carb, I was also at the same time loving things like ancient grains. And I really liked vegetables and fruit. I just wasn't great at cooking those kinds of things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. So, um, getting back to the, the kids and the, the family kids. dynamic. Oh yeah. Uh, so how did that all go when like, you know, somebody, one of the kids comes home from college or, or school and you know, you're all of a sudden vegan and there's no, there's no meat or dairy in the house. You know? Right. Yeah. And so the thing about, um, I, my kids and being a mom and cooking for them is I, I do love cooking and I love cooking for my family. And I think a lot of sort of the way I was cooking for them was to show them how much I loved them. So you're coming home from college, I'll make you your favorite dish because I'm so excited to see you and I love you so much, yeah. etc. And so I'm going to go in the kitchen and give you a really nice homecoming. So imagine what it's like if suddenly mom changes the way that she's eating and then how do I cook for my family at that point mm. when food in a lot of ways equals love or that's yeah. the way I I was showing them love and it wasn't sort of like about junk food necessarily although I certainly enjoyed cooking desserts and stuff for them but it was like I also want to cook you super healthy food yeah because I care about you so much and in my mind healthy was let's have some fish let's yeah. have some turkey yeah. Let's make sure we eat our veg and then not too much starch. And then we've got a really healthy meal for you. Yeah. So suddenly it's like mom's gone completely off the deep end. She's not eating any animal products anymore. She's what's she going to cook for us, etc. So I made this decision and this is where I think it's um, really hard because I am an ethical vegan and I care deeply about the suffering of other beings and on the other hand, if I started telling my family what they should be eating because of my ethical choices and I really changed the way I was feeding them, and as I said, food is love, it gets really complicated. Like, yeah. does mom still love me? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. How does this work? So it, it's very, very hard, and I actually feel a little hypocritical about this, but in the beginning, I just continued cooking exactly how I had been cooking for them. Yeah. And then I was preparing for myself and my husband also, who became a vegan mm -hmm. a week after me. Awesome. Um, yeah. So we were sort of making vegan meals and then I was cooking for them too. And I would simply say to them, you just tell me what you want me to prepare and I'll prepare it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I just continued to do that. And I always said, I'm happy to make what you want me to make for you. Yeah. Um, and I just feel that it's my parenting style. It's never worked for me to be pushy yeah, and to tell my kids, you know, what they are going to do and not do. I mean, I think that they, yeah. so, yeah, so we, I didn't, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to comment that we talked a little bit about this before because it is one of those subjects that like, you know, um, it's such a tough situation when it comes to like the ethical standpoint but in in my opinion and we were talking before like i i don't think like it, it's an all or nothing thing with with the whole plant-based you know eating plant-based it's it's doing the best you can in in the right. situation you're you're put in um and 
to kind of, in your situation, to kind of not jeopardize, but maybe negatively impact your relationship with your kids and, and how you kind of show them love. Um, like that just, you know, that, that, right. that is such a hard like situation. You got to put, you know, your, your kids, your relationship with your kids before kind of your moral values, because they're obviously not at that point in their life, they, you know, they have right. different values, right? So it's... Right. Yeah, that's um, a good way to put it. And having you being the person that cooks the food, like, obviously that's tough, but they're going to eat that way anyway, and, and their values aren't there. So you can only do what you, you can do, right? I mean, it's just... Right. Tough situation, right. though. Tough right. situation, Right. I was yeah. definitely not willing to risk the relationship I had with my children yeah. over this. Yeah. And I could see it going that way. Yeah. So that was like a no-brainer yeah. in that way, although it was difficult. And there were also great cooks themselves. Mm. So sometimes they would just step up and make for themselves what they wanted to make. And what I found over time was they were trying my food. Yeah. And they were really <laughs> liking it yeah. to the point, I mean, where they would start out saying, ooh, that's gross, it smells disgusting, keep it away from yeah. me. That my daughter who would call me and say, I'm coming home and oh, I'm dying for flank steak. And that's what she wanted. Now will text me and say, could you make me porcini tofu burgers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and then can you send me the recipe? Cause I want to make them myself. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. another daughter who visited from New York city and brought six friends with her. And she said, could you cook us a vegan dinner for yeah. when we arrive? Very cool. Right. Yeah. And then another one who said, I want to have my friends over. Could we have a vegan sushi bar? Yeah. And we do that. So I certainly could not have started out at that point, yeah. but over three or four years, I think by just sort of like letting it evolve naturally, yeah. they enjoy the food and they even want to share it yeah. with others. And I, I think that's a really great analogy of kind of what happens to yourself and those around you when you uh, kind of switch to a, you know, a plant-based diet or you go vegan or whatever. Um, is that your taste change, you know, mm. your, you find the new things you love, right? Right. And, and, you know, your, your taste change and you start to crave those and oh, that happens, but you gotta, you gotta get over the hump of, of getting rid of the old cravings, you know? Yes. Uh, so there's that, there's that transition period, right? Mm -hmm. But you, when, once you find the new things that you, you know, as a vegan can eat, uh, you start to crave those things. And I find that that, that happens with everybody. Yes. Um, you start to crave the new things that you eat. Yeah, it so, doesn't really take long yeah. to make changes. Yeah. For instance, when people say they don't want to drink dairy milk anymore, and what are some alternatives? Okay, so maybe they'll try almond or soy or rice milk. The first time they try it, it's not going to be quite like in their coffee the way dairy milk right. was. Right, right. But adjustment. give it three or four weeks they forget what it used to be like, and this is the new norm. Yeah, and exactly. And they wouldn't dream, I mean, not in every case, but very frequently. Yeah. They don't want the dairy milk anymore. Right. And, and a good example I always give too is like back in like the 90s, early 2000s when, you know, the, the low fat craze, everybody switched from whole milk to skim milk. Anybody that was kind of health conscious like right. made that switch, right? right? Yeah. And then you did it for six months. And then when you went back and tried the whole milk, oh, it was way too creamy. It was creamy. fatty. It was like... My mouth could, is covered oh, in... Yeah, it was like, yeah. It was like you were just drinking straight cream. Like you couldn't do it. 
Like right. same thing happens with, with any food change yes. or, or preference. You go like the, the old is just that used to be your norm. It's just like, ugh, you know? Right. Um, so similar thing happens. So tell me about, uh, tell me about your husband a week after you made the change. He, he oh, does yeah. it now too. Yeah. So tell us about that. And I know he's done some athletic, uh, things since. So right. I'd love to hear this. So, um, Dan hasn't, for a long time, he wasn't really eating much in the way of meat. So he would sort of do his own thing. He was eating a lot of salads and, and sort of figuring it out. Yeah. Uh, he also likes to cook. So I became vegan and he just kind of announced like a week later, I'm vegan too. And like, that was great. Yeah. He, he really was. So, but it, looking back now, he probably wasn't eating that well before then. Mm. And he was psyched now to be eating vegan and getting more like beans on a regular basis and grains and, and more fruit and veg, etc. Mm-hmm. So he's been an athlete. He's a great athlete. And he's just one of like those kind of athletes where he'll not play tennis for a while and then join a tennis tournament and win it kind yeah. of thing. Or like he'll play <laughs> just that natural, just ability, that kind right? of natural that you ability. Hate. You're just like, come on. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. So Pick up there. a club, a racket or whatever. Yeah, and just whatever that natural nag, He's yeah. just a natural. We all have friends like that. that you just like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> so he, um, He's, you know, over the years he was running, etc., and he also was biking a lot. So he's kind of, kind of an avid uh, cyclist. Mm. But he, and he was in bike races and stuff. But once he went vegan, he was like suddenly like on the podium. Mm. He was like winning these things. Yeah, he was really noticing a difference, and I think he attributes it to um, the anti-inflammation piece mm. of a plant-based diet, yep. uh, which allowed him to train harder and more frequently because mm-hmm. he really didn't need the downtime. And he also isn't really sore yep. after races and things. So he's just like out there yeah. and he loves, he loves exercising and he loves competing and he loves the challenge. So he's doing great. In fact, he just this past weekend competed in the Ironman World Championships yeah. at the 70.3 distance. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah. Where was it held? In Chattanooga. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's amazing. And he finished, obviously, yeah. He finished. Yeah. He, he finished well. You know, he was like right in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And he felt really good. Yeah. And... Chattanooga was awesome for mm-hmm. vegan food. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to two different vegan restaurants while we were there. Awesome. So no problem kind of fueling before the race. Yeah, that's yes. awesome. Yeah, just to speak on that a little bit, that's amazing. Um, for me, yeah. personally, I, I totally relate to, to what you're saying. Um, when, you know, I, I went plant-based, it was two weeks later, like there's this this loop I, I run down, you know, where I, where I live and on the, on the South shore and in my life, right. I've, I've run it thousands of times, right. In my life on maybe two, three occasions, like I had broken like, you know, 20 minutes on this loop and I time myself every time. It's kind of like a, I do it every couple of weeks. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a pulse check to make oh, sure yeah. like I'm, I'm still like I where still I want to be. And, Can I, yeah. And, um, literally two weeks in, I went out and I just like destroyed the best ever in my life I had done. Like by 
not seconds, but like a full like minute. Oh, I'm like a, you know, like a, like a 5k sort of, sort of loop. And I just like, and that's exactly what I found from a recovery standpoint, whether it's, you know, people have their, their kind of opinions on why it happens, but mm-hmm. whether it's anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. or, uh, just less work for your body to get out of your system or whatever I attributed to it. It's like less work on digestion, more, more energy mm-hmm. everywhere else in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like just as an athlete, it, it's, you know, and I've thought about getting into triathlons and things like that, but I'm not that, you should do I'm it. not, yeah, but I do like, <laughs> you Dan. know, big cyclist and, and big runner, the swimming parts. Oh, it's is a no brainer then. You know? Dan too. He wasn't a swimmer <laughs> yeah. to begin with. And he, yeah. he figured it out. The swimmer. He figured yeah. it out. Yeah. Yep. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> yeah, I gotta, gotta do, do it. it. Talk to him. Uh, but that was huge for me. Like the, the recovery and, and people, I, I even have taken it a step further just through experimentation the whole notion of like eat this protein rich meal, you know, within, you know, an hour after working out. Right. I think, I totally think that hinders your ability to recover. Uh-huh. It's like just, you know, have a juice or have a smoothie, something that's very easy to digest, not something that people call high protein at all, really. Right. Um, and get out of your body's way, let it recover from what you just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't throw a bunch of hard to digest and hard to process foods at it. It makes um, sense. Your body just doesn't recover. So, uh, from the soreness to the recovery, like totally, totally relate. And mm-hmm. I know you, you fall rich roll there and yeah. I'm sure your husband uh, knows of them too. And Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. you see that and you're just like, okay, as an athlete, you just, you don't need the, the animal products and the diet. And as a matter of fact, I think it's hurting you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So, um, Tell us about, let's get into, uh, into, uh, Beantown kitchen here. When did, when did this all start? And, uh, tell us, tell us all about it. So yeah, when did it start? It probably started soon after I went vegan. I was just, as I said, cooking a lot. And then I just started cooking for other people and doing sort of small catering jobs and also teaching people. So I was teaching in my home. People were sort of curious, like, can I come for a class or I'd go to an adult ed center and teach classes too. And I always, I think I mentioned this before, I was so surprised at how great the food was. I wanted to debunk myths for other people and show them that it can be easy to prepare and delicious and satisfying and all of those things. Um, And affordable too was a really big piece of it because I think that people have this notion mm. that a plant-based diet is kind of an elite diet. Which this is, is my next question. Oh, yeah. really? Okay, <laughs> I beat you to it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of unattainable. So I met somebody in Boston who was involved with a uh, nonprofit organization in Mission Hill. And he said, you teach cooking classes. Could you do some teaching in Mission Hill? I said, I'd love to do that. Mm. He, he's vegan also. And I said, I'll do some plant-based cooking classes. And I found a um, place to host some classes. And I did a pilot program um, with a wonderful friend of mine who's also vegan. And we gave a before and after survey. And and this was designed for low-income groups. Mm -hmm. And we found that people's attitudes and behaviors could completely change 
just of the course of this one five-week program that we did when it comes to their notion of plant-based eating. Yeah, so what did the the five-week program look like? Just coming in once a week for a cooking class? Or? Coming in once a week for a cooking class from 6 to 8 o'clock at night, and we would sort of address a different myth each week about mm, cool. plant-based eating, and we would also demonstrate the a dinner, the preparation of a dinner, and then serve them dinner. Cool, yeah. Yeah, and then we uh, we partnered with Fair Foods, which is a food rescue organization in Boston, and they gave um, the participants a for two dollars actually, a about eleven pound bag of produce. And what we did was we showed them what was in the bag, and then we told them the, and gave them recipes for preparing dishes yeah, with that cool. produce. So there was a couple of different things going on. And we also gave them ingredients in a lot of cases so that they could go home and make the recipes we demonstrated. Mm -hmm. So that went on for five weeks. But one of the things that we particular fo particularly focused on was recipes that would allow you to eat vegan for $5 or less per week. Mm -hmm. So we priced our recipes and we gave them a nutritional analysis too. So once we kind of proved that out, we applied for grant funding. Cool. And we got funding from Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare Foundation to teach six plant-based cooking classes. That's awesome. So we're actually starting another program, another one of the classes up, class series up uh, tomorrow and on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's, let's dive into the expensive thing here because yeah. this is something, you know, people are like, yeah, of course I'd eat like Tom Brady if I had a chef oh, right. or, you know, it seems like there's this notion, as you said, of it's kind of like an elitist sort of you know, privileged way of eating. Um, I always give the example the the, I always argue that if you're doing it the right way, if you're eating whole food plant-based and you're right. not like buying expensive granolas and the high end, like right. organic, you know, packaged products that you're right. actually just, you're eating like peasant food. You're eating exactly. rice, beans, you're eating. So right. yeah. What's, uh, what's kind of your take when somebody argues that it's, it's an expensive lifestyle. Yeah, well, exactly like you say, it's peasant food. So many of the diets that are kind of based around the world are based around grains and beans and fruits and vegetables, etc. So um, absolutely, th th these are really affordable, particularly if you're going to, uh, you're buying in bulk, etc. So we give tips. You can buy frozen vegetables, can be inexpensive and just as nutritionally adequate. And... In our recipes, for instance, we don't use maple syrup. Maple syrup is really expensive. We don't use almond butter, for instance. Yeah. That's ex expensive. Or a lot of nuts, right? Or a lot of nuts, nuts can be expensive. expensive. Yeah. So, right. Peanut butter, not so much. So we come up with recipes that don't have some of the more expensive. We're not using acai powders. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right some of the more expensive kind of plant-based ingredients, but does not need to be expensive. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So started out with kind of the cooking, uh, oh. uh, demos programs there that you, uh, you did. And then how did, when does like, like you have a great YouTube channel and Thank when you. does, when do you start doing all that? Yeah. So, I mean, I really thought, so I was doing some cooking classes, as you said, and then I started catering to people would just ask me, can I cater a party, et cetera. I've been really lucky because I've done a lot of mission-based catering where, mm. for instance, an, it is an environmental group that's getting together and they know there's a connection between what we eat and the environment. So they want to sort of 
allow their members to sample plant-based food and then they'll ask me to talk about what some of the connections are. So I've done some kind of what I call mission-based catering that way. Yeah. And then, right, the YouTube channel, which I started fairly recently. So my kind of mission really is to reduce suffering to animals, the planet, and to human health. Mm. And what I hear frequently is people say okay, I have a cookbook, but I really want to see someone prepare the recipe. Like yeah. I would eat this way. Like when you think about what are some of the roadblocks, people think that, that that's one of them, that the recipes are just too hard to follow. So I decided I was going to, in addition to the other things that I was doing, start this YouTube channel simply so that people could watch someone making these recipes. And then another thing people really like is they want to know, like, what's the benefit to them? People are really focused on their health. Yeah. And plant-based diet is a great way, as, as you and your listeners, I'm sure, know, of kind of preventing and reversing some of the diseases that most afflict us here in this country. So people want to know, how is this going to be helpful for me? Mm -hmm. So I love to do what I call a kind of eat this, not that, where mm -hmm. I provide a nutritional analysis of the dish that I'm preparing, and I compare it to the standard American dish. Mm -hmm. So people can kind of know it, it doesn't look too hard to prepare. It's really tasty, and it's actually great for me. I'm still getting the protein. I'm still getting calcium. I'm still getting iron and guess what? There's no cholesterol. Yeah. It's really high in fiber. Mm -hmm. And um, in most cases, really low in saturated fat. Yeah. So that was kind of why I started doing the YouTube, just kind of for education and to yeah. provide a service to people. Yeah, cool. So you're right. Uh, people <clears throat> that start, like myself, um, in a selfish manner, right? Mm -hmm. They want to improve themselves, you know, their health, mm -hmm. which I try to get people to think that is not selfish. You know, if you improve yourself, you'll improve your relationships and you'll, you'll do a better job at work, you. yeah, you'll be more productive. Totally. Um, so on the, on the health front, um, what has it done for you personally over the past three years? Right. What's done for me? Um, well, I do recall when I first went vegan, I was surprised that my energy was so much better. And I, like you, I, I'm not a big runner by any stretch, but I can get out there and go running and really, really enjoy it and mm. find it's not too difficult. Yeah. And when I go to the doctor, my blood tests are really great. I didn't realize, my doctor didn't point this out to me, but my cholesterol was over 200. And he didn't say anything, nor did he recommend Lipitor, a drug like that. But it's only when I actually started looking at my blood results after I became vegan and I looked at it and they went way down Yeah. that I said, oh, wow, I actually could use this diet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely a benefit there. Yeah. Uh, a, a few people have had on the podcast that they go and get their blood work done and they're so off the charts low oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that the doctor's like, ah, like, I'm not sure if this is like good or bad because <laughs> like, it's like below the right. chart. Haven't know? seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so mostly energy and just, just, blood and, and, and yeah. just, um, yeah. yeah. And another thing is I used to suffer from, um, sinus infections. Mm. 
So every time a cold came on, I'd say, oh no, I'm like, just please, please let that, this not be a sinus infection. Yeah. And I haven't had a sinus infection since I went vegan, not one. And I can count on one hand the amount of times I've been sick and it would be for maybe two days. Yeah. So I, I say it's not a panacea by any stretch. You can still, you know, of course, get sick and yeah. get all kinds of disease yeah. as a vegan. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from my experience so far, um, it's been a boon to my health. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the, the people that listen know it's the same for me. Um, just right. totally changed my entire health and overall, overall wellness. Mm. Um, so I ask this almost every week, mm-hmm, right? Um, you were given, you know, the, the, um, information, uh, through, through videos and, and through, you know, friends that kind of put it on your radar. Um, uh, you started with kind of the animal, uh, aspect of it. Uh, some people, you know, start with various different aspects or are given the information, but what I'm intrigued about is there's some people that you give them, you know, I've, I have friends that, you know, they follow me, but they, they are not vegan and, yeah. uh, you give them all the information, right? You say, Hey, here's, here's what's going on with the animals. Like, you know, and nobody disagrees with that. Mm-hmm. Nobody's like, wow, this is right that we slaughter these animals. Mm-hmm. I've never had anybody tell me mm-hmm. that. Right. It's just a human thing not to harm another creature yeah um it's a very human yeah we're compassionate yeah we're compassionate people and yeah. um and so you give them that aspect and then you say hey you know look at the you know look at our planet right look at global warming look at how you can we're all contributing to it you know through you know eating a bunch of meat and dairy and you, you give them that route then you say hey you know you you might lose a bunch of weight and get, you know, get rid of, you know, some of your health issues and, and just all these amazing benefits athletically, mentally, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. And you, you give them all the information right? and, and, and then still. they, but there's, there's no tie to the information and, and action in their life. Right. So yeah. I, I'm just, because I'm intrigued by it, I always ask, what do you think separate separates, you know, yourself, somebody who's able to, I get the information I'm going to change overnight versus the person that, they have all the information. They know they're causing harm to themselves, to others, to the planet, but they, they, they don't do anything about it. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, I can only speak for myself and, yeah. and then speculate about others. Mm. So in my case, it was one, getting a dog. Mm-hmm. And then I remember thinking, wow, there's like a whole other world out there, which is like animal universe. So getting my dog, but I didn't go vegan right after that. It took many, many years, but I think like opening my heart up to kind of this idea that all animals are sentient. So that was sort of one piece. And then the logic piece, like, I guess my mind works in a logical way. As I mentioned before, like it's not right to cause suffering to other beings unnecessarily and then learning it wasn't necessary. So for me, and then of course there must have been something about the timing in my life, and maybe I could have had all of these thoughts ten years earlier. It wouldn't have made a difference, and who knows why that happened, uh, but for some reason it did, and I'm really glad it did. Yeah. And then for others, um, 
as you said, like really, really good, caring, compassionate people can have all of this information and still might not make a change. And for every one of them, there's a different reason and they couldn't articulate it, uh, or maybe they can, but I understand that. And I don't judge people for that because that, that has been, and, and probably is me about all sorts of other things I do in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Same here. Same, Same here. Right. And something I always question myself on is I know having a couple of beers is bad for me, Yeah. You know? but I, I still do it. Right. Um, so I, I, sure. I get that. Right. And I know yeah. certain things I do in my life aren't good for other people. Right. Um, you know, they're not benefiting others. So right. Even I'm there, like, I'm there with the veganism and the food. Um, but there's other aspects of my life. I'm not there. So I, right. I understand when other people aren't there when it comes to food. Right. Like when I go to the supermarket and I come home with all this packaged you know, plastic bags and, mm. and, and cartons of things and, and plastic containers of things. And I know I shouldn't be doing that, but I haven't made the change. Yeah to eliminate that kind of waste. So, right. There's all, all sorts of places. So because I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have the answer to that, but because of the way I think about it with the people around me, because I don't judge and I think it takes time and everyone's on their own path. Mm. I just think, just be patient. Yeah. Just provide the information, be patient and, and stand firm and, and who you are and, and, and why this is important to you and why you love eating this way. Yeah. And, you know, hope that that becomes a beacon Yeah. for others. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So to somebody listening out there that um, is interested in plant-based, interested in in veganism, uh, maybe somebody that's struggling with their health, you know, wants to lose some weight and feel better and have more energy and, Mm. and think clearly and and just improve themselves. What's the first thing they can go do today? What's, what's the, what's, what advice would you give as the first thing they can, the first step they can take in kind of moving that direction? I think that some documentaries have been extremely influential for people. So for sure, watch Forks Over Knives. Mm. Uh, I'm hearing a lot about what the health these days. Yep. People are watching that and it's really impactful. There's a little bit of criticism about it and yeah. you can Google that and find out what it is. But certainly there's a lot of uh, helpful information in a documentary like that. So if you're a documentary watcher, for sure watch that. If you're somebody that likes cookbooks, check out like Neil Bernard's cookbooks or T. Colin, the Forks Over Knives cookbooks or... Um, some of the other kind of whole food plant-based cookbook authors. And have you talked about whole food plant-based versus vegan on your podcast? Uh, Well, yeah, here and there, but yeah, can we, cause this is, this is a a good topic if we can get into it a little bit. Sure. Uh, Because when I talk about food and I, I, maybe you're the same, um, I try to use the term plant-based and for a couple reasons, one, because you know, being vegan is a much kind of bigger picture, right? It's, it's no animal products in your, in your life. It's, it's not causing harm, you know, to others, right? right. That's the bigger picture. So right. when it comes to 
food, I always try to say plant-based or, or whole food plant-based. Me ideally. too. Mm-hmm. Um, for the same reasons. Yeah, for the same reason. And because, you know, the, the word vegan isn't going to turn people off too. And I want people yeah. to, you don't. You know, there's enough defensiveness the around yeah. it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts on kind of separating the two and Right. And because most people, you know, it, it gets lumped together a lot of the time. Sure. So like vegan foods, as you said, is just no animal products. And, and vegan oftentimes is quite a, can be associated with an ethical stance with mm-hmm. no animal products, not only for consumption, but in your life in general. But uh, vegan can mean Oreos and can mean potato chips and, and things like that, that no, they don't have animal products, but are they health promoting? I mean, you know, they're laden with sugars or oils, etc. Yeah. Plant-based is a term which means eating plant po- plant foods, but whole food plant-based is talking about eating minimally processed plant-based foods, oftentimes without any oils in general. And that kind of diet is what's associated with the things that you're talking about when we're talking about perhaps weight loss mm. or maybe addressing diabetes or heart disease absolutely you know that kind of thing absolutely yeah and and i think that's very important to so when i talk about for people listening and i know when you talk about it that's what we're talking about when it comes to the health benefits we're talking about whole food plant-based exactly um you know you hear a lot of critics of you know being vegan that say uh you're going to be unhealthy because there are a lot of, you can be just as unhealthy as a vegan as you can anything else, right? right? You can eat all the processed foods, you can eat just all the alternative meats all the time and um, and eat junk food, you know? So it it is important from a health standpoint to say whole food, plant-based. Exactly. And I even, uh, I do a bad job of it, but I've been trying to even take that further and say whole plant, um, whole plant diet. Because uh-huh. even even the term to me when you say plant based, people are like, well, right. you know, what is plant based? You know, right? Uh, so right. taking a step Does further, that just mean whole that plant. like eighty percent of the foods you're eating exactly. are plants, and then twenty percent? Yeah, right. what does exactly. based mean? What is right? based, based mean? in plants? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think there's like a little confusion. Like, uh, so I, I've even been trying to like whole force myself foods. to say whole plant. You know, right? Um, yeah, I think that foods. describes it yeah. a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a fun one for you. Yeah. Um, I've asked this a few times to different people. Would you rather, and it's just something I like to (laughs) ask to kind of, to kind of show the rationale and the power behind, you know, a a whole plant diet. Uh Would you rather smoke a cigarette Uh at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Okay. Or would you rather have meat at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. (laughs) Oh, wow. Really bad choices. (laughs) Uh, Well, so the meat piece is causing potentially suffering to my body, certainly to the cow from which it came, and certainly to the planet. Smoking a cigarette is going to cause... It's detrimental to my health. I don't think it's hurting any animals. And probably some of the smoke is hurting the planet, but not to the extent that eating the beef was. Mm. So 
give me the pack of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had that consistently across the board. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's certainly the people that are vegans that answer that way. So that's uh-huh. a great way to mm-hmm. determine right. the difference between yeah, the two. Yeah, how about the, the vegans answer I'll take the cigarette because they don't want to cause harm to anybody else. Right. The plant-based folks that yes. aren't vegan yes. How do often they will say, I'd ta- you know, I-, I might take the meat, right? Um, oh. Because they, they're they not there with the harm to others. So it's a great way to right. distinguish mm-hmm. between, you mm-hmm. know, plant-based and veganism. Right. Um, so anyway, um, what is next for, for Beantown Kitchen? What's What's the... If you could, in five years, be to where you want Beantown Kitchen to be, what does that look like? Oh, yeah, that's the question of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I wish I had an answer for it. I, I guess I'm not much of a long-term planner. And the only thing I can say is, and I mentioned this earlier, like every day I wake up and I say, how can I work to reduce suffering to the things that I care about? And I make that choice, whether it's the video or if, if it's the catering to spread the word or if it's teaching cooking classes to help people in the kitchen, just kind of doing more of that. So I'm really happy with where I am. Mm. And um, it's an adventure and it's taken me to some really fabulous place, places. So I think it's going to be good in the future, but I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, something along those lines, um, that I find really cool about, you know, whether it's veganism or or plant-based diets, um, is that when, when people ask me like, what's it all about, right? I think the one word that sums it up is, is just love. Yeah. And, and there's a... Yeah. Like for whatever reason, in like you with Bean Town Kitchen, me with this podcast, and yeah. my eat green, make green thing, when yeah. this transition happened in my life, right, where I started eating this way, and then made the connection to the other things, and and just um, causing less harm in the world, like I got to a place where I just wanted to share it with people. Yeah. I just wanted other people who couldn't see that yeah. to see it. Yeah. Um, and know that whether it's from their health, that there's, there's another option than, you know, the, a lot of the medications that we find are normal, like the high blood pressure mm-hmm. that we were talking about, that almost everybody's on these high mm-hmm. blood pressure pills and just sharing with people, look, there's this other way and, you know, open up their eyes to just causing less harm and all, all it can do for you and also what it can do for the world. So I find it like amazing that it's so powerful that I dropped what I was doing in my career and said, I got to do something it's about fabulous. it. And you with being town kitchen and a lot of people I've had on the podcast and, and meet, they at least have a blog or, or mm. a YouTube, uh, you know, channel or are trying to start a business in the plant-based space or something just because it's, it's been such a powerful change in their life right. and they just want especially the, the, their friends and family to know. So true. You know? So true. Um, yeah. 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 I agree with you. I mean, in the end, it's like about sharing love and connecting with people. Yeah. And the beauty of what we're both doing, I mean, I can't speak for you, but for me, this has provided me with fantastic opportunities to connect with wonderful people around, mm. Mm. around you know, what we eat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, is there anything we didn't cover that uh, you you want to want to cover? I'm trying to. I think I covered everything on my end. Yeah, I but, think yeah. we got it all. <laughs> yeah. I think we did. Um, so where can um, what's the Beantown Kitchen website and YouTube channel and all that and Instagram that people can find yet? Yeah. So I think it's Beantown Kitchen in every place. So okay. my. No spaces, Log. no underscores, none of that. No yeah. spaces, no underscores. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. And beantownkitchen.com. Yep. Beantownkitchen.com. Yep. On YouTube, search for Beantown Kitchen. Cool. Instagram, it's Beantown Kitchen. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, before the last question here, right. I just want to salute you for, you know, what you're doing with Beantown Kitchen and just your 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 lifestyle in general and all the amazing things you're doing and spreading the good word with friends, family, and, and, you know, trying to make an impact. And, uh, so salute you for that. Keep doing it. And, uh, thank you. I appreciate those kind words and back at you. Yeah. And, uh, so last question, um, this podcast is called eat green, make green. Mm -hmm. I know that eating plant-based living vegan puts me in the best position to succeed at whatever it is I do in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's how I define the, the make green portion of that. Whatever my, my, my goal is at any certain time, that's kind of the make green portion of it. And I know that eating green helps me, helps me reach those goals. Uh -huh. um, so I would ask you, what does make green mean to you? Why do you eat green? Why do you live plant-based in, in a vegan lifestyle? Yeah, so make green. I mean, I just look at we're look out the window, the greenery mm. around us, and eating plant-based helps to keep the planet green. I mean, look at the Amazon and how much of the rainforest is being cut down on a daily basis. So eating plants keeps us green. Uh, eating plants is green, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I completely agree with you. Eating plants provides you with sort of the the health and the mindset to achieve what you want to achieve. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Thanks. For those that are interested in adopting a plant-based lifestyle, you're in luck. That's what I do. I work with men and women all over the world to adopt this lifestyle, to heal inflammation, to get off their medications and treat their health at the source, which is with diet and lifestyle. My program called Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to teach you exactly how to transition into a healthier lifestyle. And I give you all the tools, all the resources, everything you need to adopt this lifestyle and apply it to your life for years to come. For more information on my course, pop over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a great week. <music>